Hey, Nevo, welcome back to school. Thank you. How are you doing? Yeah, it's good. It's good to be here. I'm excited about this podcast. Me too. Uh, and I also want to fill you in on a little secret, if that's okay. The reason I'm excited for this conversation is because, A, you're my first guest, first guest on this podcast from South Africa. Yay. And B, you're a self-proclaimed pricing nerd. What is a pricing nerd? So, so I guess a pricing nerd um, is fascinated, or at least I'm fascinated, with the impact that price has on product. So versus just looking at the idea and people, you know, in business models, you know, we often don't spend enough time really understanding how the value proposition and the pricing strategy align. And, and so I guess as a pricing nerd, I'm always fascinating about not just, you know, the product itself, but what is the model that it goes to market with and where are those maximizers that give you outweighed returns for the idea. So to give you an example, um, a lot of marketplace type models reward the marketplace or the market maker, not based on the value of their service, but based on the value of the service to somebody else that's, you know, utilizing it. So as a more practical example, uh, if you think of foreign exchange as a marketplace, right, the value of the service, you know, it's normally percentage based increases as I need to exchange more money. So I'm paying more for a service that, that in no way really changes for the product owner, for the person that's providing me the, 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 the foreign exchange service at all, even though I'm paying more money for it. And those models I just find very interesting um, and, and other models, like the whole idea of, of maximizing your price based on externalities in other words, something that is valuable to the customer but makes no difference to you intrinsically is very interesting from a pricing perspective. So that's maybe a bit of a pricing nerd. That's great. I mean, so I guess what you're saying is that there's a lot of uh, sort of money left on the table just because we're, I guess, overlooking pricing in our innovation strategy? I, I think so. I think there's either money left on the table or often what we do is we price against the maximize. So, so we actually price against the stuff that we need to make free because we're trying to maximize profit where there maybe isn't so much profit to be made. And we lose out on growth because we've actually put pricing in the way of growth. I'll give you an example. A lot of SaaS companies, I think, often start out pricing too high initially and underestimate the pain of inertia for customers to switch because they overestimate the benefits that their product will give the customer. And these benefits are often unrealized by the customer yet. They're not using the product. And so the customers never switch. And so they never get that runway. And their fear is always they can't increase their price later on. But again, they then undervalue the inertia of going off their product at a later stage. If I've seen any experience on SaaS products, I've never seen, I haven't seen many SaaS products get cheaper over time. I've only seen them increase in price. And so often our pricing strategy doesn't kind of think about the onboarding phase. And it might not be that you charge them less per month, but maybe you discount it for a period of time, or maybe you give them an onboarding service that has to be priced a certain way. But you just understand what the metrics are to enable uh, more adoption versus less adoption. I think those are critical components. So it's not 
it's not really a black and white decision that you have to make. There are a lot of other components. I hear that what you're saying is that there's a lot of psychology that goes into how you price a, a product, right? Like, I mean, I guess the SaaS companies that price high are trying to send a message to prospective clients that their, you know, product, service, whatever is 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 better, is high quality, right? But then by doing that, they actually lose a fair amount of traction. So, so I think pricing high isn't the issue and signaling quality isn't the issue. What you want to do though, then is give people an onboarding period for a long period of time, which allows them to either integrate the SaaS product or utilize it more effectively. And you've seen that a bit in freemium offerings, how people structure freemium offerings, where they say, oh, it's free until you use this level of functionality, then you start paying. That's one way of doing it. But it, it is, it's that, that whole induction, inducement phase of utilization that you really want to think through. Uh, and it's also often about what you price for. I've seen a lot of SaaS companies price for too many components of their product and they don't like, because they don't really understand what it, like they could price for number of transactions and then like number of gigabytes you know they put all these strange limits on the product which don't really make sense uh, and make it very hard for customers to buy um, especially enterprise SaaS companies you know at early stages where they don't really have a good understanding of what their value drivers are um, you know they'll, they'll put too many price points out making it too hard to buy as a customer, and, and it, it makes deals very complicated. Uh, so, so for me, that's where, where kind of the price and the product really come in. And, how, and, and, then, and it's a key part of product market fit, right? Of understanding what is the value that I'm charging you for that you feel good about paying, right? The, the, the thing that you go, yes, this is definitely a valuable thing. I'm happy to pay for this. Um, and it doesn't really change the nature of the product. It's just understanding very clearly what is the value, how do you see it, and how are you willing to pay for it? I think that's an interesting perspective that you're um, sort of outlining where pricing, because, you know, I, I, well, you're a pricing nerd, so I, I guess you like, you know, um, dealing with these issues or making decisions around pricing, but most people try to stay uh, as far away as they can from them. And the perspective that you're proposing here is that you look as pricing as a way to augment the sort of the user experience of the product where I can think of, you know, I can think of like different SaaS companies. Like I use uh, Calendly a lot, right, to, for all my calendar scheduling. And their pricing actually makes me want to use their product more. It's like one of the only products that I've actually increased the the money I spend on the product because the pricing kind of really contributes to the you know to, to the user experience of the product itself. So what what would be like I guess one tip or maybe your number one tip that you could give to someone who's not a pricing nerd uh, to kind of get them to think differently about pricing. So what I would what I'd recommend is, you know, and again, we're speaking about innovation, so, so probably speaking to lots of people with product or design thinking backgrounds and those kind of things. So, so the persona is actually quite a powerful tool to understand your pricing um, because what it does is starts giving you hints. And what I would do is, just like you do a user journey, do a buying journey and understand what is it that drives that purchasing decision 
along the journey and what are the key drivers for that purchasing decision, right? And, and what, what holds people back? Um, for me, that's the critical thing to understand is what really makes somebody click the green button that says, you know, pay with my credit card. <laughs> Take my money. Take my money. Yeah. yeah, because often we don't do that, right? We build a great product and we so, I said, we're so besotted with the benefits of the product we just don't look at the negatives. We don't look at the inertia. We don't look at how hard it is for people to adopt something new and switch and pay for it. So the default is I'm going to make it free and I'm going to get lots of adoption. Free doesn't really work either very often because you might get adoption. But if you still haven't delivered value, that adoption may not actually be sticky, right? Or you maybe haven't figured out your business model yet around it. Um, and from an enterprise SaaS point of view, just really, especially when the person using it and the person buying it are two different people then you really have to understand very clearly how you're putting forward the buying value proposition versus the using value proposition because it might be very, very different things. Awesome. How can people get in touch with you maybe if they have questions or want to get more information? Sure. Uh, best way is probably send me an email. It's nevo, N-E-V-O, at dydx.digital or just connect with me on LinkedIn and, and send me a message. I, I do kind of look at that you know every few days and and i'll get back to you perfect perfect so we'll put all that information in the show notes nevo thank you so much uh for your time today that was super informative cool thank you Yaniv. i enjoyed it a lot <laughs>